This message is a product of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. We thank you for engaging this conversation. Messages like this one are great resources to help us grow, but they cannot replace being a part of a local church. If you're not actively a part of a church, we encourage you to find one near you that fits you, visit it, and get involved. And we hope this message gives life to you today. Enjoy. Many of you have seen me up on stage. You see me here on Sunday mornings. You may see me out in the lobby. And like you said, I'm the campus pastor here at the Eastgate campus. But many of you probably don't know who my family is. So I just want to take a minute and introduce. This is my, my beautiful wife, Erin. She serves out at hospitality as well. She teaches right here at Stanley County in the school system. And she takes time to watch after her kids and allows me to be able to do what I need to do here. So I just want to say thank you to my wife for that. And this is my my two kids, Colton and Cameron, first day of school, they're all smiles. They, they love going to school, believe it or not. And Colton is in fifth grade this year. And what I love in Vortex kids, they both attend, and they're over there right now. And they started incorporating the fifth graders to serve. They're using them as ushers. And my little boy gets to help in their production. So to teach at such a young age the importance of what it means to serve. And then my little girl, Cammy, she's, she's daddy's princess. That's all I can say about her. I love my family, and I love the fact that we can be here and serve with you guys and reach people here in Stanley County. And I just want to take a moment to say thank you to Pastor Kevin, to our pastor, to my pastor, and thankful for accepting the call and to follow God and for Kevin and the man and their family, what they mean to us here at Vortex. So I, I love my pastor, and I, I love doing this journey alongside of him. And over the past few weeks, he has shared on vision. And he shared with us that there is more, that there is more. And we see that in Ephesians 3, that God says that, that I can do exceedingly, immeasurably above anything that you can ask, dream, or imagine. And in the first week, Pastor Kevin shared that there is more for you, more for me. And if that is true, then in the second week, he talked about there is more for us. That there is more for us as a church. And as long as there are lost and hurt and dying people in Stanley County, that we're not done. That he sat at this table and he said that we're always going to leave the room for the lost. Which may mean sometimes, like we've got this morning, we've, we've got a packed house in here. You may have to sit a little bit closer to somebody. And eventually we're going to need to create more rooms and campuses to be able to reach more people. So today I want to dive in a little bit deeper in that there is more for you and there is more for me. And how there is more in 2019 that living for more that living for more that there is something there and I want to focus around a scripture this morning Psalm 37 4 and it says take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your hearts take delight but too many times we get that verse backwards we had that verse memorized we love that verse may have it on the plaque on the wall and we think that God's going to give us the desires of our hearts but he does promise that, but first we need to take delight in him. That first we need to seek him, and we need to follow his plan. And the more that we do that, the more our desires are going to line up with God's desires. And he is going to follow through on that promise, and he is going to give us the desires of our heart. And starting each year, we talk about New Year's resolutions. So I want to talk about resolutions and goals today. We see it on social media. We see it in our emails. We get everywhere we go. It's New Year's resolution. So just a, a raise of hands today 
How many people in here today have New Year's resolutions for 2019? I've got them. All right, we got, a, got quite a few that put their hands up. i got a, a tougher question for you guys. How many of you have failed already at those resolutions for this year? I know I have. I have not exercised the way I wanted to coming into 2019. It just has not happened. But you see, resolutions aren't bad. But I want you guys to take a look at this picture here real quick. That, that's what December looks like in the gym. I've been there. You can have any weight you want, any machine you want, but come January, looks like WWE Raw, and it's a madhouse in there. But those of you who work out, I got my buddy Sam out here, works out every day. He knows come February that he's going to have all those machines back to himself, and he can take his time and get back into his routine. But see, we set ourselves up for these resolutions, but we don't have a plan for them. They're not going to work out. And then we need to look at why we're choosing those goals why we choose the goals that we have to set out in 2019. Is it you want to spend more time with family? But why did you get to the point where you sit down and say, you know what, I need to make time because I'm not taking the time for my family. Is it you want better finances? But you get to the point and you say, well, how did I get into so much debt? Why am I worried about paying the bills? Because maybe you're not spending that money the way that you need to. And then what's fueling your decisions to make these resolutions? Is it society? Is it our culture that we look to, that, that we see on social media, and we see on TV all the time, that we need to look a certain way, we need to lose weight, or we need to exercise more? Is that what's fueling us to make our decisions? Is it our family? Is it our friends that we look to for these decisions? Maybe they're, they're the ones telling us, hey, you need to change the job that you're in. Or maybe if it's like, like myself growing up, you may have had that person you dated, and they say, you know what, maybe you shouldn't be dating that person. Or we look into our boss. I've been in those high-pressure sales jobs where you have meeting after meeting with your boss and your boss's bosses, and they pressure you to make more money to increase your sales goals. But at what cost are you doing that? Sometimes it's taking time away from your family, maybe even pushing you to even possibly do things that are unethical. But what's fueling you? Is it yourself that you're looking to for these decisions? Maybe you're a hunter and you devote most of your year to having that perfect food plot and to creating that stand in a position where you see those deer and you track them and you check it and you track them to pursue that trophy buck. But at what cost is that to your family? But we need to ask the question today, are we seeking what God wants us to do? Are we seeking what God wants us to do? Because he's the only one that truly has our best interest and the only one that we can rely on to make those best decisions. Resolutions can be important. There's a lot of people who've had life-changing experiences because of resolutions, but a resolution itself is not enough. 80% of people who make resolutions so four out of five of those of us that raised their hand, four out of five in just another week and a half, by the beginning of February, fail at those resolutions. Four out of five. Why don't we succeed at our resolutions? We can't achieve a different vision by living the same way. We can't achieve a different vision by living the same way. 
But you have a vision and you want to strive towards that. And you've got to change the way you've been doing it in the past. If you haven't been successful in it, then the way you're doing it's not the right way. You need to look at it and you need to change the way you've been doing it if you want to be different. And if you want a better year in 2019, then you have to live different than you did in 2018. If you want a better year in 2019, you have to live different than you did in 2018. If this year you say, I want my marriage to be better, well, then you better treat your spouse better this year. If you want better finances, then you need to spend your money more wisely this year. Growing up in the church, we, in the King James Version, Matthew 6.33, it's a, a familiar passage of Scripture that says to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all of these things will be added. But seek first. And I love that word seek because there's passion there. There's drive, there's motivation, and there's a goal. And that's what God calls us to do, is to seek Him in our decisions, to seek Him. And today I'm going to give you guys a few steps on how to build kingdom habits for this year. Step number one is to seek God and make a realistic plan. Seek God and make a realistic plan. It goes back to that Matthew 6, first thing we need to do is we need to seek God. We need to seek God first. Proverbs 6.19 says, We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. So we can have those plans, but we need to trust God, and we need to seek Him to show us what steps we need to take to progress towards our goal. So make sure you seek God first. Plan steps to meet your goals and allow God to guide you. If in 2019 you want prayer to become more part of your life, then you need to plan it out. You need to seek God and ask Him what He wants you to pray about. You need to plan time. You need to make a specific time every day, and you need to stick to that plan and see how much time that God's calling you to devote to that. If in 2019 you want to read your Bible more, maybe you want to read through your Bible in its entirety, there's some great resources out there. There's Bibles you can purchase that have all of the dates planned out. Your Bible app on your phone has some reading plans. But you need to find out what you want to do and how you want to pursue that. Maybe in 2019 you say, you know what? I want to take that next step here at Vortex. I want to get plugged in. I want to serve. I want to make a difference. Well, there's so many places on Sunday morning that you can get plugged in. But we want to put you in a place that God has laid on your heart place that you're passionate about, a place that you can make an eternal difference. So pray about that and see where God is leading you. Find that ministry leader and get plugged in. The big idea with that is to, if you don't have a plan, then you're not going to follow through. And you won't be able to track it. And if there's nothing to track, then it's impossible to become accountable and to grow. So you've got to have that plan to seek God and make that realistic plan. You may want to say, I'm going to love more this year. And that's awesome, because we all need to love more. But what does that mean? Does that mean that you're going to go on a mission trip this year? Does that mean that you want to go help in the local soup kitchen? Does that simply just mean that you want to love your neighbor more? But with just saying, I want to love more, 
That's like nailing jello to the wall. It's just not going to stick. So you need to make specific plans to move forward with your goal. And if it's going to be a big change, ease into it. If it's going to be a big change, ease into it. If prayer hasn't been a part of your regular walk, saying you're going to do it for an hour a day probably isn't the best way to jump into it. Because that's a, that's a big goal and a big responsibility. But ease in at maybe five minutes or ten minutes a day. And devote that time and create that habit to spend that time with God. So set realistic goals. Jesus tells it so well in the parable of the talents. Where there was a master and he was leaving and he had three servants and he gave each of them an amount of money. He gave one one talent, one two talents, and one five talents. And he left, and when he came back, each of them reported back to him how they did with those talents. And the ones that did well, he increased their responsibility. And that's how God is with us, because you see, if we're faithful with the small things, that God will trust us with more. God incrementally increases our responsibility. God incrementally increases our responsibility. And that's what we need to do as we make these plans for this year and as we seek God. So don't just stop there at that five or ten minutes, but continue to grow. And tithing is a great example of incrementally increasing our faith. And in Scripture, 10%, we see that, that Jesus says that 10% is what we should give. We should give of our first fruits. But he doesn't say stop at 10%. Because when 10% becomes easy, then we're doing it on our own. But maybe we need to increase to 11%. Maybe increase to 12%. Push more into faith and see what God has called us to do because his blessing to us is based on how faithful we are to him. And remember the reason why we're, we're doing our goals. And it's to grow closer to Jesus. And it's to continue in our journey with him. Philippians 3, Paul writes, I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and somehow attaining the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already attained this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold for that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. And Paul, in the first century church, was one of the most influential leaders in reaching people and expanding and growing the church and was so passionate for Jesus. And if Paul knew in his journey that he wasn't there yet, how much more do we need to realize that we're not there yet either? We need to continue on towards the goal. Step number one, we saw that we seek God and we make a realistic plan. And step number two is to focus on a few specific goals. Focus on a few specific goals. And that's how God does for us. He doesn't overwhelm us with a big long list of things that we need to do. Because he shows us a few small things to help us continue and move forward. And too many times we set goals that are impossible. We set too many goals. And it makes it easy for us to drop those goals because we get too busy. Or maybe we fail at one or two. And then we're like, okay, well, we've already failed at those. You know what? I'm just going to go ahead and I'm just going to wipe away that list and not do it. But if we just set one or two reasonable, attainable goals with the help of God, 
it makes it so much easier to be able to strive towards those. And a lot of the things that we do are to fix ourselves, to eat healthier, lose weight, exercise more. Maybe one of them is to be nicer. We know we got those annoying coworkers. They just they make it a whole lot tougher for us to be able to do that one. Or maybe it's just to spend time with our family. These aren't necessarily bad things, but if we don't follow Jesus in pursuing that, then we're going to fail. This may be the season that God's calling you to become healthier. Maybe you need to eat a little bit better. Maybe you need to exercise more. Lose a little bit of weight. But you just bought 30 books off of Amazon back at Christmas because they were on clearance. And you want to read all those books in 2019. Well, you've got to make a decision. You've got to sacrifice something to be able to do something that's better. And studies show us that those who reach their goals, they can do it because they give up non-essential things to be able to succeed at the things that they really want. And that's exactly why we start every year as a church with 21 days of prayer and fasting. Because we can give up some of these non-essentials, whether it be social media or maybe some foods that we give up, that we can survive without so that we can dive in to prayer and we can seek God to see what he's calling us to do. Saying no to good things helps us say yes to the best things God has for us. Saying no to some good things allows God to give us the best things that he wants for us. And we need to be specific in these goals. Too many times we're vague. I'm going to read the Bible more. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to hang out with better people. But you need to see what those specific things are. How are you going to read the Bible? What are you going to read? How much time are you going to devote to prayer? What steps are you going to take to surround yourself with better people? We need to be specific. And when we seek God for wisdom, we need to ask for more specific steps. When we seek God for wisdom, we need to ask for more specific steps. Because the plan is there, but only Jesus knows what that next step is. Only he knows the direction that we need to take to get to that next step. We need to pray and ask God for the next step. And then we need to step out in faith towards that goal. Faith doesn't require a roadmap. There's no roadmap for faith. Faith is relying on God, and it typically only has the next step. And that's where faith comes in. There's a, a story that I heard recently of a plane that was landing in LaGuardia in New York City. I don't know if you guys have been out there to near that airport or not, but it's a, a unique airport. And the way the, the runways are set up, sometimes you actually land in between the skyscrapers. There's some of the runways that jet out onto the Hudson River. And that creates a lot of fog at different seasons of the year. And it was a plane that was making its descent. And the pilot knows he's communicated with the tower and he knows whether it's safe or not. But there was a, a lady on that plane that day, and as they were coming down, it was so foggy, she couldn't see. It was just white all the way down both sides of the windows. You couldn't see anything. And she's sitting there, she's screaming, I can't see, I can't see, we're going to crash. And she's getting nervous, and she's getting worried. But there's two businessmen in front of her, and they're just having a conversation. And they're relaxed, and they know, and they trust the pilot. And they keep going, they keep descending. And they still can't see it. She's getting louder. I can't see. I can't see. We're going to crash. And then all of a sudden, they break through. They get through the fog. There's plenty of time before they get to the runway. 
And she just takes a sigh, and she's like, I can see. And that's exactly how it is with God. He's the pilot. He knows the destination. But there's times that he only reveals that next step to us. And he does it so that we can rely on him and we can have that faith. So today, if you're that lady who's in the fog and you can't see, have faith. Trust Jesus. Know that he knows your next step. He's asking you just to step out in faith and to move forward with him. So be obedient in what you know and trust him to lead. Step one was to seek God and make realistic goals. Step two was to pick a few specific goals. And then step three is to submit to accountability. To submit to accountability. That's one of our biggest downfalls. We have these big expectations. We set these big goals. But we don't want to have the accountability that goes with it. And without that accountability, we're never going to be successful. We need to bring people on board with us, people we can rely on, that we can surround ourselves with, that want our best interest, and be able to succeed at these goals. If you want to have an ability, you need to be willing to submit to accountability. If you want to have an ability, you need to be willing to submit to accountability. Growing up, I took piano lessons. I'm sure many of you guys have taken piano lessons as well. And your parents go and they drop you off at somebody's house, somebody who's an expert and knows what they're doing with that. And you go to the class, and they teach you, and they sit there, and they show you what you need to do. But then at the end of that class, it's not over. They send you with homework. You need to go home, and you need to practice, and you need to learn, and you need to practice. And you go back the next week, and you get better, and they teach you more. And you go back, and you get better, and they teach you more. And by the end, you can sit down, and you can play the piano. But you were only successful at it, and you only gained that ability because you submitted to the accountability of your teacher. You submitted to somebody who knew what they were doing, and you had faith that they were going to take you in the right direction. And Pastor Kevin has taught us the umbrella principle before. To get over what God has put under us, we must get under what God has put over us. To get over what God has put under us, we must get under what God has put over us. So if this year, marriage is something that God has laid on your heart that you need to work on. Or maybe finances is something that God has laid on your heart that you need to work on. Then God has already taken care of that. God has already put that under you. But you need to submit to the authority that he gives you to be able to get over that. And what has God put under us? The goals that he has called us to pursue. So if God has called you to do it, God has already defeated it. So trust his process and trust that he's going to get you through it. How do we become accountable? I've got five steps. Number one is to choose someone reliable and experienced. Choose somebody you can trust, not somebody who gossips all the time that you hear, they come and tell you what so-and-so did. That's not the person you want. You want somebody that doesn't talk about other people. Because when you share with them, you know that they're going to they're keep it. And then find somebody who's experienced. Find somebody who's already gone through the journey that you're currently in. Because they can better help guide and assist you through that. Then you need to sit down and share your plan with them. Ask them to help create the best plan. 
Number three, create a regular time to talk for accountability. Schedule that time, whether it's daily or weekly or monthly, whatever it may be, whatever works. But schedule that time to sit down and talk to them. Number four, and this is a tough one, but it's one that we so need, and it's to give them permission to ask those hard questions. The questions we don't want to hear, but the questions we know we need to hear if we're going to be successful. And then be vulnerable through the process, because this is the only way that we're going to succeed. If you're not doing what you should be doing, what you set the plan out, what you ask that person to hold you accountable for, don't lie about it. Tell them you're not. Work on steps to get back on track because you're only cheating yourself in that process if you're not vulnerable. And most of the goals that we have, it's a process to get there. If you want to become healthier, you need to change your diet. You need to exercise more. You need to work towards that. If it's your finances or your marriage, those aren't fixed overnight. Those are things that it's a process. And you see, if it's a process, you can't cheat the process. If it's a process, you can't cheat the process. Number one was to seek God and make a realistic plan. Number two was to focus on a few specific goals. Number three, submit to accountability. And then number four is to pray through. Pray through. Because without prayer and without seeking God, it's not going to work. We've got to continue to pray. You may want to break through in 2019, but breakthrough comes after you've prayed through. If you want that breakthrough in 2019, you're going to have to pray through it. And here's the process. And it's so simple. It's so simple. And that's usually how God works. He makes it simple for us. And that is to pray first. To pray first. Because if we don't pray before we start, then we're not going to be having the vision that God has called us to be. But it doesn't stop there. You've got to pray through the journey. Pray through the journey. Where we're at right here today is a great example of this process. Years ago, God laid it on Pastor Kevin's heart to launch a church. And he began to pray. And he brought Amanda in in that prayer. And they continued to add people to that. And then launched Vortex back in 2012. But just last Sunday, he sat right here at a table. And he shared the vision for us for this year. That we're going to leave a seat open for those who are lost. We're going to add more rooms to be able to add more people to the table. But if the prayer didn't continue through that journey, through these last six and a half years, we wouldn't be in this position today. So you've got to pray through that journey and allow God to work with you through that process. As great as our plan is, and having the accountability of other people, unless we lean on God and we seek Him and we pray through that journey, we're still not going to succeed. Resolutions aren't enough. God has called us to a higher purpose. He's called us to seek Him and to continually grow in Him. He has called us on a lifelong journey. He has called us to take those steps of faith 
and continue with him on that journey. Today, as we close, I want to read a passage out of 2 Thessalonians. So we keep on praying for you, asking God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. May he give you the power to accomplish all the good things that your faith prompts you to do. Then the name of our Lord Jesus will be honored because of the way you live, and you will be honored along with him. This is all made possible because of the grace of our God and Lord, Jesus Christ. Our faith is going to prompt us to do things. And the things that our faith prompts us to do are ultimately going to bring glory back to God. Because everything that we do should point to Jesus. It should point back to his glory. Maybe your goals this year are too small. Maybe they're too small. Because if you look at him and you say, I can do this on my own, I don't need God, then it's too small. God always gives God-sized vision because then he gets the glory. God always gives God-sized vision because then he gets the glory. You may ask, well, why does God need the glory? He's God. Why does he need the glory? I think C.S. Lewis said it best. He said, if we got the glory, our egos are too frail. We would crumble under the pressure of having that responsibility. Only God can handle the glory. And if it is a God-sized vision, and if it's something that we cannot do on our own, if it's something that we need to lean on Jesus to do, the people around us who know us know that we can't do that on our own, and they know that there's something bigger that has allowed us to be able to do that. And that gives us a chance to give that glory to God and point people to Jesus to say that God is the reason I was able to do it. It was not on my own. We looked just a little bit ago at a quote that says, if you want a better year in 2019, you have to live different than you did in 2019. If you want this year to be better, you've got to do it different than you did last year. But it's not done at the end of 2019. As Paul said, that I have not arrived. I have not reached my goal. It's a lifelong journey. So at the end of 2019, you're not done. You need to continue to seek God and to see what he's calling you to do. And continue to grow and to continue to have faith that he can guide you through that. Psalm 37.4. I love this verse that says it best. To take delight in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. And the more that we seek Him and we make these goals, and then we have accountability around us, and then we continue to pray through that journey that God is going to show us the desires of His heart, and our desires are going to match. And He's going to be faithful like He always is. And he is going to give us those desires because they're going to align with his. Thanks for listening. This podcast has been a production of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. For more information on our church, we encourage you to visit us online at vortexchurch.com.